After Lockdown podcast series. This is episode 90. I'm Ricky Thurman and I'm your host for the next hour. Mentally Sound is a mental health well-being show. The idea is that myself and my guests talk candidly and at substance on everything to do with mental health. So on that basis, as a disclaimer, we strongly advise that you go see your GP, nearest therapist, crisis centre, if you find the topics of our discussion distressing for you. Reminder that Mentally Sound is a podcast, formerly a radio show, that pre-existed the pandemic and lockdown, so we adapted to podcast medium for the meantime, during and post-lockdown. If you're listening to us on Spice FM, Newcastle's brilliant community radio station from the heart of the West End, you can tune in via 98.8 FM or online via the website at spicefm.co.uk and we're on air on Tuesdays at 1 o'clock in the afternoon and repeated on Saturdays at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And we're also on DAB Radio. If you'd like to get in touch, perhaps be signposted to a guest or seek advice from our therapist, you can email us at mentallysound at spiceofm.co.uk or get in touch via our social media where we have links to all our shows as well. On Twitter, rat underscore mentally sound. On Instagram, rat mentally sound radio. And on Facebook, it's mentally sound radio show, radio show being in brackets. And incidentally, on our Facebook header page, you'll find all the updated archives of all our podcasts with all the relative topics listed underneath. We're also on the relevant podcast platforms. Look up Mentally Sound on Clips, spelled C-L-Y-P, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Anchor. And on the show this week, it's friend of the show, local singer-songwriter Steve Pledger. Based in Durham, he's been on the show a good few times. He's just embarked on an autumn tour to celebrate the release of his new album, What Tomorrow Knows. So sit back and relax and hear two guys talk about anything and everything to do with music, male mental health, some live songs, and much, much more. Hope you enjoy the show. Thank you. Hello everyone, welcome to Mentally Sound, Life After Lockdown, these are called. We are at episode 90, we've just had World Mental Health Day, hope it was a good one for you. And we have another World Mental Health Day with our therapist Amir, which I've just recorded, which I'm going to put at the end, uh, well, after this one, because I feel that this one right now is more significant, given that our current guest is about to go on tour. And if you're a regular listener, you'll know that our friend of the show local singer-songwriter, Durham-based Steve Pledger, is my guest once again. And I'm super thrilled that he's joined us and he's going to have more songs because he's just had a new album released. If you tuned into the last podcast, you'll notice the the song that we played. Salt from the Sea, was that right, Steve? That's the one, mate. Yeah, that's the song I was sort of uh, leading with. And I was well chuffed with it, really well produced. Um, I think it really fitted well with the end of the chat that we had because... I chatted to a colleague from Mental Health Concern and also Adoption Northeast, and we we had some very heavy subjects. And I thought that your song at the end, it just sort of mellowed out and just sort of like you know, yeah. provided some ambience for for the podcast, and it good. ended really right well. So um, no, 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 good stuff. 
that's I mean that's that's what music does, isn't it? It kind of you know comes in and complements the rest of life, hopefully in some way, and yeah, uh, yeah makes us where we are. Awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad it did. Thanks, man. First of all, how are you, sir? Apart from the new album and stuff, which we'll get onto, of course, but. <clears throat> How have you been since last time we chatted, which is like, uh, along with Beano, I think it was, what, what three, four months back, something like that? So, um, yeah. I think it probably was, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's been, um, yeah, it's been a mad year. I think like most of us in the back end of October are thinking, you know, where, where's that gone? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah. that's that's very much where I find myself. I mean, yeah, you, as you say, the year has been, you know, in terms of... Um, Activity has been very much taken up with getting this album together, but yeah. I've, I've also had um, I've had a couple of run-ins with COVID. I think I, I might have had both of those by the time we spoke last. I'm not sure. The second one was was July, right. and then I'm just now sort of really getting over shingles. So that that's yeah. been fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that, I, that's not something I recommend, and anybody out there who's had it will know that it's it's not something they'd recommend. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it could have been a lot worse. It could have been, but yeah. it was not pleasant. So. But I'm feeling pretty good now, thanks, mate. Just uh, just on the back of what you just said there, I mean, I know going back from the previous times I've chatted to you, you, I, I, I kind of remember when this whole COVID lockdown thing was happening. You were amongst the first people I knew. Uh, I think the the caught it, and I think you were mentioning that it may have been may have been from a shopping trip or something like that. And I know that you, you were really quite sort of really really ill with it, and. Um, I've followed you with your progress, and I've chatted to you since. But my question is, because I don't think I don't want to go over old ground again. But when you go through something like that, and as someone in in that profession of singer songwriting, does that in a in an invert way can provide some kind of inspiration to maybe talk about it, sing about it, you know, express yourself about it, you know, maybe that might relate to others who've gone through the same thing. Yeah, I, I think I think when you um write songs or create any form of art you know you are reacting mm. to what's going on around you whether it's in your own personal life or yeah. the wider world and with something like covid of course it yeah. that sort of ticked both boxes you know it's yeah. um it was the the story yeah. um so yeah it's inevitable that it comes out and it, it it came out in a couple of different ways uh interestingly it wasn't something i wanted to set out to write about yeah. because it is i think would have felt quite forced you know i, I feel yeah. i ought to write about this it's the big story yeah but it came, came out quite naturally and there was a song i put out called Rosita, which was um a, a, a sort of a, a, a way of looking at the incredible um sacrifice that was made on the part of key workers and, and yeah the song particularly. i remember that uh, when we, we we played that on the podcast as well yeah Thank you, man. Yeah, mm. thank you. Um, so that sort of came out in that way. And then the, there's a song on the new album called Feels That Still Divide, which is all, which was sort of about COVID, but in a very indirect way. Yeah. And as much as it was making a point that, what, for, for example, so, something that a lot of um, a lot of people, I think, in Britain and particularly in England do, when anything comes our way, um, that you know, we, we have to sort of, um, I don't know, gather up our loins and fight against you know we, we all start to, <laughs> we tend to have this thing of, of harking back to the war or something you know and, that bulldog and spirit yeah. yeah exactly and it's not me diminishing in any way what people went through then not you know, mm. dream of doing that but it's mm. almost as if mm. you know we Brits invented resolve and you yeah, know, yeah. we do it better <laughs> than anybody you just think 
please, no, no, no. We, you know, something like this. We're either going to get through this, all of us together. Yeah. You know, by recognizing the, the um, you know, the the, the core strength that we yeah. have as as a species to to, to pull upon. Yeah. And by drawing together, or or we're going to sort of struggle on our own. Mm. And I think you know. If there's ever a time to say, to, you know, do away with all the partisan nonsense yeah. and just recognise the fact that we're all in it together, yeah. this is it. Yeah. And whilst that song lives on in the new on the, in the new album, mm-hmm. as I say, it doesn't mention COVID at all. And for me, it's become very much sort of an environmental yeah. thing, you know, because yeah. the same thing applies. There are yeah. just certain things that we face mm. universally. Yeah. You know, and, and trying to sort of put up little false divides or divisions, even if we don't mean anything by it per se, it just mm. doesn't help. It's yeah. much better that we just crack on. Sure, one. sure, so, yeah, absolutely. It, it does, it, you're right, it can't help but come out in some way or another. Mm. Yeah, really, really interesting. I noticed that you're wearing a particular T-shirt and it reminded me of uh, the last time <laughs> I chatted to you because yeah. I believe that when I was talking to you and Bino, it was on the eve of your gig in Durham under the, the banner of Never Give Up. Yeah, so right. um, do you want to remind listeners what that kind of, what that sort of, or would you call it like a motion, a sort of a um, heads up to, to people to, to look, you know, as what it says, you know, particularly when we talk about male mental health. But yeah. remind listeners what that all is about and how that sure. gig gig went, really. Um, and I guess how, yeah. um, because I, I know I think in County Durham, it's, it's, it's the never give up sort of um, movement, as it were, the kind of community aspect towards it. It's took off quite big, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been it's been really quite something. I mean, I mean, that particular event that you alluded mm. to in, in Durham was was really great. It wasn't um, for various reasons. It wasn't as big as some of the others that have gone before, right. and, and we were already planning for next year. Yeah. Um, but it was just a beautiful evening, you know, mm. for for all of us who were gathered there. Um, yeah, it's it just started very small. Um, it was something that Bino at Arty Projects in Durham sort of caught yeah. hold of and ran with, and he and he wrote this this poem which was sort of called what if but has become known as never give up which is fine by all of us um you know to to express those those feelings that as you say you know we need to express but we Mm. mainly struggle to express and we'll struggle to be heard yeah um and yeah that just that that basic premise of just please don't give up and Mm. please do talk and please do listen and please all of these things and and slowly and gradually through that what then turned into a song, which then turned into a, a, mm. a an album, mm. which then turned into different events, mm. <laughs> and then being I guess the t-shirts printed, and, yeah. and you're right, quite suddenly a, a, a little turn of phrase then mm. sort of takes on momentum, yeah. and thankfully it's something that has just gone and it's run and run. We've had several of these events now. Um, the song seems to have struck a chord with people, mm. and just the the, the basic message mm. of of not giving up, but also I think. And I think this is a really, really important thing. And I know it's for Bino, and I feel sure it will be for you as well, Ricky, that it's not about um, a kind of false positivity. Something I've become really, um, I feel quite strongly about these days. I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only person to call it this, but sort of toxic positivity. Oh, yeah. Where you get people who sort of go, oh, everything's right, it'll be fine, it's all going to work out, and this, that, and the other. I think, no, a part, part of dealing with any of these things, surely is to say, actually, no, it's right at this moment, it's not all right, and I don't feel all right. Yeah, the whole man-up thing and come come out for a drink with me and it'll all be fine, yeah, all that sort of stuff, yeah. 
that's it. Yeah, or, you know, you just got to, mm. you know, change your attitude or something. It's just nonsense. And I think mm. having the the freedom and and the um, opportunity to say, um, you know, this is how I feel right now, and to have somebody listen yeah. and not just tell you, you no, know, cheer up, no, no. That's that's so so important. So this idea of not giving up is it's not a, a kind of false, mm. um, you know, I don't know, chivying somebody along kind of thing. Yeah. It's a genuine. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Let, let's all never give up together. Let's yeah. just try and, and and carry each other forward. So it's become a it's become a sort of anthem or a slogan of sorts for for peer support, hasn't it? I mean, um, you know, it, it works very well. On a serious point as well, as you alluded to before. We know what the the statistics sadly are, particularly in the northeastern county Durham, in terms of you know male suicide and everything. So I think it's terrific that um, we've got people like yourself, particularly in a creative sense, um, can use art in a powerful way to um, form peer support, solidarity to, to to you know show that people don't have to be alone in this, and there's other people out there that can take it forward. On a kind of funny side, I remember. I remember last time we chatted, we were having sort of Zoom troubles, didn't we? And when we finally reconnected, um, I think I said to you and Bino, hey, never give up. We're here back again. You know, it was, (laughs) we kind of use it in a different (laughs) way. So, hey, it it can be used in all sorts of... It's so applicable. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Steve, I think it's... uh, apt time for maybe uh for you to perform some of your magic um your first number for us what what do you think what do you have in mind well well i'm gonna I play a song that's off the uh the new album the new album's called um, what tomorrow knows mm-hmm. and this is a song called waiting to hurt and basically the, the, the premise of the song is this we can sort of set ourselves up i think for disappointment when we think that um you know, oh, if such and such happens, then I'll be happy. And if I win this, you know, win this amount on the lottery, then I'll be happy. Or if this happens, that's when um. happiness comes. And, and and of course, actually, you know, those things can happen. You know, good things happen to people. But by yeah. and large, and this is a harsh fact of life, yeah. the things that we are pretty much guaranteed are the things that actually aren't always the good stuff. You know what I mean? The, mm. you know, the loss of a relative or the you know an illness or something. You know, these are the things that, for the most part, we know are going to come along and the other stuff may or may not happen. And so I think where we find contentment in life really is in all the stuff in between the rubbish. Do you know yeah, what I mean? In, in yeah. between those bits where we feel pain and discomfort Yeah. and it could just be just simply being and yeah. just saying, actually I'm, I'm quite happy in this moment. And so f- I know it sounds a bit twee, but I think f- finding uh, some joy and contentment in the, in the stuff mm of normal life Mm. where and when we can I know that's easier for some than others I think is important so yeah that's this waiting to hurt awesome well look forward to hearing it cheers man
hospital call for the race down the hall for a hammer to fall for your whole world to store oh, you're waiting to For the final attack On the faith that you lack For the last straw to crack The last camel's back To at last be betrayed by the memories you've made As they fracture and fade What a price to be paid Just waiting to Fading from sight For the dimming of light That once burned so bright Comes too soon the night When you ain't We can be sure of this no Times will come for us all. What can make it worthwhile are those reasons to smile in between them, though they may be small. When we wait around for something profound to lift us up out of the dust, then we wait in vain until it comes plain that we were just waiting to hurt, waiting to Wow, Steve, that, that was great. Just a more of a generic question, which I don't think I might have asked you on previous podcasts, because I know we've talked 
extensively about uh, music and artists and inspiration and stuff. But so you're about to embark on on a tour and something which I've always been very curious about and I read a lot, a lot of books about music especially amongst my favorite musicians because I feel that you know touring is one of those things where wow it, it must be just so exciting exhilarating but then when I read further on and when I when, when I especially read about musicians who have had various things going on in their life and sometimes you don't get to hear about you know the pressures of performing and the constant sort of aspect of it doing it you know um, if not every other night, then definitely, you know, every night in, 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 in a lot of cases. So the whole touring aspect then, Steve, on a, on a personal level to you, what, how do you find it? What's it like? Is it exhilarating as what other musicians say? Is it is it something that started off fantastic, but towards maybe later on it gets a bit, you know, different? And, and of course, you know, yeah. um, I've read about how musicians have to sometimes self-medicate to cope with depression. So, so yeah, in a nutshell, Steve Pledger and touring, what, what's it like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's just an absolute wall-to-wall debauchery, mate. I can't, I can't begin to explain. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it, it is it's, the um, throwing out TV oh, as a hotel you know, window. Yeah. stays on tour. No, it's um, <laughs> very, very boring, really, in that regard, I have to say. But not boring to me. I love it. I, basically, it's the actual getting up and playing. Mm. That's that's why you do it. That's where you go. Mm. And so when you actually get to stand up and sing and connect with people and chat, you know, in between and afterwards and all the rest of it, yeah. that to me is, that's that's heaven. You know, you get to meet new people, yeah. um, make, make new connections and stuff. Yeah. And genuinely, that is, that's what it's all about. Absolutely right. love that. Um also, you know, you, you get to hang out with new, with new people away from the the mm. actual show as well. You know, sometimes yeah. you might be staying with somebody or whatever. Like yeah. when I go away on Wednesday, the first um first gig I've got is is South East London, mm-hmm. um, and I shall be staying with the the guy who puts on these gigs and his family. And, the, yeah. and I've I've stayed with them before. Yeah. They're just lovely people. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you get to to hang out with new lovely folks and yeah. you know they're kind enough to sort of give you a bed for the night and then you yeah. carry on on the next day so there, there is that sort of romantic side yeah. of it but yeah then there's the kind of the traveling and and the, this, the weird hours and yeah you know it's, it's not <laughs> there's aspects of it that are just a lot of waiting around yeah and and a lot of feeling tired but right. the reasons why you do it when those you know, those bits come up so it's almost like it's, uh, it's i guess enjoying. When when you're kind of embarking on this career, it's it's one of those things that you accept that this is part and parcel of what being a musician is is, sure. is all about and life yeah. on the road and everything. Given that you're um you you're very much a sort of a solo singer and songwriter, then what are the logistics involved with touring? I mean, do you have manager or agent? Does the bookings? Do you you mentioned that you stay at people's places? So. Is it more about that than uh, than, yeah. than than maybe like hotels, motels, and B and Bs and everything? Yeah, to... gem- yeah, generally. I mean, I do do a bit of that sometimes, depending yeah. on the nature of the tour. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this next one of Davies, I'm, I'm either staying with friends or the promoter mm. or whatever. In fact, one of the gigs, um, I think I might actually be staying in a pub. Nice. <laughs> where okay. I'm playing. That's nice. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> but yeah, yeah they're, 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 they vary from house concerts to community centres and all the rest of it. So they're they're a nice yeah. um, a nice range of gigs. But yeah, so it, it can be it can be different. But generally, I'm playing with I'm staying with um, either people right. I know or promoters right. and stuff. And uh, 
so yeah but the, the logistics of it is um i mean yeah some of these dates were, were put together for me um uh by a guy who's been representing me for a little bit and other ones i've put on okay. because of people i know connections okay. i've already got okay and um that's sort of worked out quite nicely so yeah but i mean Good. when i guess i guess you know because you know you and i have mutual interests we 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 grew up listening to certain bands and there's sort so there's a certain amount of yeah. Um, brotherhood and sisterhoods involved with being amongst mm-hmm. peers in that sort of sense in a working capacity so is there but you don't really have that is it fair to say because you're out on your own and do you feel you're missing out yeah. or do you feel I guess because I know yes. that a lot of your gigs are very community orientated so maybe you get that as you embark on the tour you sort of get that camaraderie with the people you meet as opposed yeah. to maybe people you're traveling with is that is that a fair comment I think it's a good comment and a brilliant question because yeah. I am very much um, I'm quite self-contained yeah. musically. I, I do love because I, I love it as, a, as an audience member as well. That one person with a voice and a guitar or any instrument. I've I've got a real soft spot for a solo musician, so I'm mm. very happy doing that and being in control mm. in, in that respect. You know, yeah. I know what I want to do and how to go about it. Yeah, <laughs> whether I always achieve it or not, it's not a matter. But yeah. I know what I'm aiming for, but. At the same time, so it would be nice to have other musicians on stage sometimes. In fact, mm-hmm. my, my youngest son joined me uh, for one of my songs at the album launch at Durham Town Hall. Oh, awesome. Uh, last right. weekend, yeah, he played electric guitar on one of my tracks, and that was, yeah. that was lovely. Yeah. Loved doing that. Um, but so sometimes you think it'd be nice to kind of have some camaraderie on the stage. But I think where I really miss that is is, is off the stage, because everything else is sort of, you know, maybe, you know, travelling on your own for a few hours with yeah. just the radio or a few CDs and stuff, yeah. you know, it'd be nice to have somebody there to to chat with. Um, you don't have a ride or anything, do you, to make sure to go out and get some goods for you, like, you know, after show? No, I'm pretty, no, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty low-key. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty low-key. Yeah. Um, yeah, you sort of, it's a pasty at two o'clock in the morning somewhere or something, something, yeah, <laughs> yeah. something really not advisable. Yeah. But, um, in fact, a friend of mine hopefully is coming with me this time, but he's he's just getting over COVID, so we've got to wait and see how he's how he's going to be. Bless his heart. Um, yeah, he may or may not be able to come, but if he does, that would be lovely mm. Um, mm. to have that companionship. Um, mm. Just you know, for the drives and all, and all the rest of it. But yeah, uh, yeah, you know, priorities is health, of course. So we'll see how that goes. But, awesome. So yeah, I mean, like I say, for someone who you know the solo singer songwriter aspect, I was very curious in, in terms of. You know, other aspects of loneliness. Is there an aspect of, you know, the someone like yourself that maybe you need to be in the zone, so maybe that suits you more, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I, I find that really all kind of very interesting. Um, so I understand this is your first like full tour, sort of post COVID, and and do you expect really, anything different? Yeah, do you expect anything different this time as opposed to pre COVID? Um, yeah, I'm I'm sort of imagining that it's going to be as it was mm. um not you, you know i mean i mean in terms of the, the feeling of, of doing it practically yeah. there may be some differences and yeah. i'm certainly aware when i'm out and about of, of mm-hmm. you know trying to sort of um interact with people responsibly sure um so there are those practical differences yeah but insofar as just the, the buzz of of getting out and seeing people again and playing live that's that's something I'm really, really looking forward to. Fantastic. And, and, yeah, but it'll be um, 
it'll be interesting. It's not a long one. I'm away for about 10 days and I think I've got seven gigs and okay. a couple of radio things to do. So it's, you know, and some of the gigs are smaller than others and stuff, but they, you know, they can be just as much fun to do. So Awesome, yeah, awesome. And my last question before we um, you get to play your next number, I mean, does the whole touring aspect become an inspiration itself? I mean, do you find time maybe whether you're in, you know, staying with friends or in a, in a, in a B&B that you might want to um, spend a certain night because you want to sort of gather your thoughts and maybe channel that potentially to mm. pen a new song, anything like that? Does that happen? It can happen. More so when I'm travelling, obviously you're concentrating on what you're doing. If You know, your, your mind, there's part of your mind that can wander as well. So mm. I, I often find myself, um, um, yeah, sort of processing thoughts then mm. and, and sometimes coming up with lyrics. And then, yeah. of course, you're, keep repeating it in your head yeah. <laughs> until you get yeah. the next chance to stop and write it down yeah. <laughs> you don't want to forget it it's just going over and over and over in your yeah, head yeah. Um, so yeah it, it can happen yeah. but I think one of the nicest things and this is this is quite um, sort of going back to the mental health aspect of things it's, it's quite a, uh, a again a, a liberating thing of being mm. on the road it's, it's really all about the gigs it's about getting to the gig playing the gig yeah. you know yeah. getting to bed somewhere um, going to the next one and that's what it's about whereas so much of this year and it's been a stressful one for me this it's been such hard work putting this album together it was, mm-hmm. as much as I've loved it it's been really really hard work and there are times when you know I've felt the cracks starting to appear you know mm-hmm. um, uh, but to actually be able to go out and say okay well this is now just about playing the music mm-hmm. um, because this, there's something very real about playing live. There's nowhere yeah. to hide, you know. I mean, <clears throat> don't get me wrong, the album's real. It's not a, you know, I'm not a, not into studio wizardry or any of that. It's the real deal. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's not a real situation in the same way as standing up in front of an audience and, and singing. Sure. So I find, yeah, I find getting out and touring is actually quite freeing. Fantastic. And I think it'll do me some good. But I think, I think you know, it's one of those, you know, when you think about... Um, I mean, it's become almost like a buzzword in a way, but a good one when you think about something that's very much in the in the, in the national narrative, you know, mindfulness. And mindfulness can mean different things to different people, but I think what you just talked about there sure. in terms of gigging is, is almost become your own meaning of mindfulness, which I think for yourself, I think that's yeah. just, you know, it's just it's just a no-brainer and it just, just works for you and it's, it's great, isn't it? Definitely, because uh, I think... Um, you know, for all of us, it's, it's finding those things, uh, not necessarily finding, but identifying those things in life. You say, well, that, that's a danger point for me. Yeah. I know if I um, if I spend too much time watching the news or if this or mm. if that, mm. that's a problem to me. So you go, okay, that I'm going to ration. And then this other thing, this does me good. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I just getting out for a walk yeah. or, or something. I know that this does me some good. You know, yeah. there's no, you know, <laughs> nothing's going to fix everything, but mm. this helps. Um, and sort of finding a way of balancing those things. Fantastic. This can only be a good thing for any of us, kind of. Well, on that note, mate, why don't you introduce your next number? We'll talk more about afterwards, but but okay. yeah, what's it called? And uh, sure. yeah, look forward to hearing it. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to yeah, thanks, man. I'm gonna go back to my previous album actually, because this links back to something we were talking about earlier. Um, mm-hmm. So this is going back to an album called Somewhere Between, um, and I wrote the song on that album, which was written from the perspective of um, a trans woman. That's not my life experience, so I don't claim to have any personal 
right in a sense. Mm-hmm. But having sort of been listening to somebody's story, um, I, I wanted to try and work through that and relate it in a, in a song myself. And yeah. um, so that, that was the point of this particular song, just sort of trying to put myself in somebody else's shoes and imagining to goodness what it must be like. And uh, it's called Other. Fantastic. I see the way you see me I see it every day On a hundred different faces Before they turn away
That's superb, Steve. I really like that one. Um, so that one's called Other, yeah. Other, yeah, yeah. yeah it was. Um, it's 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 just a term that you sort of see sometimes on application forms and stuff where you're asked to identify your gender, female or other. And I just always thought I was just sort of such a dehumanising term. Mm. And it just sort of didn't sit well with me. And again, it's not my experience. I don't claim that it is. But I just thought other. Really. Just, yeah. Yeah. So it's. Yeah, well, it's it's yeah. I, I like that. I like that about um, songwriters, which I admire, where they feel. I don't know if it's courageous or brave, or anything, but even having just the guts, <laughs> able to wanting to place yourselves in other people's shoes and imagining what it must be like, and mm. wanting to reach out and and relate to that. I think that's really um really cool. You know, it's something I admire about a lot of my favorite musicians. So. Sure, and no, I I think it's um. I think it's almost the most, uh, the, the sort of highest calling, if you like, that any artist can, you know, we, we can't live one another's lives. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I don't know what it's like to be Ricky, don't know what it's like to be Steve, mm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But, you know, if you or I relate something to one another, mm. that's a very personal thing, that is not the other's lived experience, yeah. the other person, surely on some level, is this a bit in their mind that's churning away going, mm. oh, yeah, crikey, I remember such and such happened to me mm. once. It's not the same thing. Mm. But, my goodness, if I felt like that when that happened to me, yeah. what must the other person be feeling yeah. like? when that, you know? Yeah. And so it is with you know, something like transgender, somebody being sidelined because of mm. who they are. Um, to some degree, that's something yeah. we can all recognise, you know, that, that kind of being bullied at school mm. or... or mm. I don't know, feeling like your mates had sort of let you down or something. I don't know, we, we can all find Well, it something. makes me think of uh, Bruce Springsteen in sure. the often mis Very misinterpreted tough. song, Born in America, which is ultimately about what it's like for a Vietnam veteran to come home feeling where you don't yeah. belong anymore. Um, you're, waiting in, yeah. you're waiting for, you know, uh, social assistance. What's it called over there? You know, whatever welfare, uh, so welfare yeah, so something like that, yeah, yeah, welfare. Yeah. Coming back to yeah. a country where you've you lived, yeah, you're right. I mean, that, that... sorry, <laughs> I cut you off. No, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say that you're right, and you know that that song is a perfect example because you know it was sort of been so mis misinterpreted. Yeah, you know, a lot, lot of right wing, um, a lot of right wing politicians oh, have used that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whereas you're right, it was it was about him having had conversations. With a with a uh, a veteran from mm. the Vietnam War and just sort of trying to yeah vocalise something of this guy's experience. I mean, there's there's the version that's on um 18 tracks, which is the demo version of that song, which is also the version when he did um Springsteen on Broadway, which is on Netflix. Yeah. That a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, that's the version of that song he plays on there. Mm. My goodness, there's no room for misinterpretation. It's such a different. Setting it, it, I don't believe I've heard that version, mate. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look out for that one. Oh, so. check it out, mate. Have, have you got Netflix? And anybody out there who's got Netflix, check out Springsteen on Broadway. Um, it's just, it's about three hours, like most Springsteen concerts. <laughs> but it, it's, it's worth, it's worth it. Um, uh, you know, he's chatting and, and telling stories behind the songs and singing a lot of them, and he, he does just this extraordinary version of, of Born in the USA, yeah. and it's, yeah, it's, it's a 
very, same lyrics, but a very different song. Yeah, it's still it's still on my bucket list to see um, the Boss live. So I hope I get to achieve that. But um, I was actually very emotional. No, yeah, I don't know if you yeah. watched. Um, if you caught Paul McCartney said at Glastonbury and he when he brought Bruce Springsteen on stage, I was just. Yes, I did. I was just. Yeah. Um, well, I think previous to that. Yeah. He just played "Let It Be," and I was in tears. This is what music does to me. I was, I was like yeah. crying, crying tears. Yeah. And then he, then he has the audacity to bring Bruce Springsteen on stage. I mean, Maka, who do you think you are, man, playing with my emotions like that? <laughs> yeah, I know. That was like I, I'm, I'm there with you all the way. I was watching that too. I'm like, yeah. it's Bruce. What? And it was just killer. I mean, it was glory days, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just astonishing. Yeah. Oh, it's immense, man. <clears throat> yeah, no, you're right. That was that was the business. <laughs> so no, I hope you get to see him. All things about you and your new album. What what was the inspiration behind it? How long did it take? Where do you hope it will go to? Who are you hoping that it'll, you know, help open up to? I mean I don't write songs to to um fit an album or a theme but yeah. what's happened I think is when I look back over the songs that I had chosen mm. the, the, there's a sort of theme that a lot of them cover which is consequences um, yeah. the fact that the consequences to what we do to what we don't do to what yeah. we say what we don't say yeah. um, what we share and don't share you know um, individually and corporately mm -hmm. so I think that's what a lot of this this album deals with mm -hmm. there are songs on there about um just, I mean, there's a lot. Again, I'd like to, I'd like to touch on this, this sort of the, the difficult things. I mean, there's a song on there about um, from an abusive relationship, or yeah. from the perspective of somebody escaping an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, a sort of, if you can imagine such a thing, a slightly whimsical take on misogyny. Okay. <laughs> that sounds okay. wrong, just saying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very anti-misogyny, I should stress. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and but so there's some songs that um, that, that yeah reflect very much on the times in which we live, but also hopefully at the end, you yeah. know, take you to the point of realizing actually, you know, it, it feels pretty hopeless sometimes, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the, the title "What Tomorrow Knows" comes from the last song on the album. Mm. Um, there's a lyric that says, um, "Let's suppose what tomorrow knows." And shake these chains once more. Yeah. So it's about just not, you know, let, let's, let's just believe that that someday it's going to be better, and mm. then realise that the only way it's going to be better is if we make it so. Sure. Um, and uh, again, goes back to mental health. That you know, sometimes we find ourselves so lost for words mm. and not knowing quite what to to say or how to process things, yeah. and that can be a challenge to our mental well-being sure. I think sure. and what, what artists do and it be maybe songwriters or poets or filmmakers whatever mm. you know hopefully what they do for us is they articulate something that we might struggle to articulate mm. but we get some catharsis by going that's yeah. how I feel yeah. that's that's what I think but I didn't quite know how to say it yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's nailed it yeah. and um, and is, yeah, it, is it also true to say for example that I guess when, when someone in your position I guess anyone in the artistic creative field that when they need inspiration, they will find it. It's not like I mean, it, does, does such does such a thing like a, a block ever come? Like a sort of a singer songwriter's writer's block? Do you feel at times where it's yeah. not it's it's not coming? And is that is that the is that a result of maybe yeah, something definitely. like burnout or anything like that? I think it can be. I think it can be, and I think it can also be um, just sort of sensory overload. 
Mm. Like I said, I mean, the, the first song on this album is <laughs> was basically me sitting down going, I don't know what to say. I wanted to say something, I didn't know what to say. So I thought, well, I'll say that. Yeah. And so the, the whole the whole point of the song is is saying how it, you know when you do have something to say that you think is worth saying, for goodness sake, say it. Yeah. Because either because you will just lose the the words to say or the right to say them might even be taken away from you. Um, how important it is when we we think we have something worth saying that we say it. You sure. know. Um, and again, I think that applies today. So, so that sort of came out of, of my struggling to quite know mm. how to express my feelings. Yeah. But in saying that I was struggling to express them, it sort of worked out Excellent. in a way that I expressed them. <laughs> you know? really? So I think there were ways and means of tackling. I love, I love the story that you know, Billy Joel, you know, obviously a very prolific songwriter, um, back in the day when he used to get writer's block, he mm. said he used, to, he used to sort of kid himself into feeling like a writer. He said he would, you know, because he's of Italian descent, he said I'd put on a sharp Italian suit and I'd go down to Little Italy, I'd sit outside in a nice little cafe with a notepad and a glass of wine. It's sort of like full, sort of on pretension, if you like, right, just to make wow. himself feel like a writer. But it would sometimes <laughs> just kind of nudge him into that zone where he could start to work. So it's yeah. just all about finding the ways and means of, of being able to do what you do. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. My last question to you, Steve, before we um, talk yeah. about um, your tour and where people can 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 see you. Um, just a very a very kind of typical generic question again, because I'm I'm, I'm enormously curious about someone like yourself, uh, the, the line of profession. But in a, in a typical kind of Steve Pledger way, um, what is the the songwriting process? Does it begin with lyrics? Does it begin with a sound that that you've kind of enveloped in your mind? And once you've got those components on paper. What's the next step towards, you know, uh, recording? I mean, for me, in terms of writing, it, it all starts with something that um, a, sounds corny, but a spark. And it mm. might be a, a little chord change or it might be a, a phrase that pops up in your mind. Mm. You just write it down or you remember it. And you, you sort of know when there's something that you go, oh, there's something there to work on, whether it's a lyric or a, a, a melody or, or, or something. And you sort of record it or write it down or whatever and sort of return to it and build on it. But I think when something happens that I think to myself, okay, I've only got like eight words or yeah. eight seconds of music, but I know I've got to do something with that. Then the sort of work begins and, you know, you sort of spend time mulling it, playing it over. Yeah. yeah. Just just kicking it around really. Yeah. And eventually it starts to, to form some shape and you get yeah. a better idea of where it ought to go. Yeah. And you, you, you take, try and take it there sometimes that takes an hour sometimes it takes 10 years you know you, yeah. you know things can kick around for a long time yeah. and the but, aforementioned uh, um, the aforementioned paul mccartney uh, who i mentioned before i mean very famously yeah um well there's many great song attributed to him but one of them i think uh, yesterday where he just said i i i i was i was asleep and i woke up and there's this tune in my head and i was convinced that that someone else had recorded this and he and he went over to John and George and Ringo and said, "Look, what's this tune? I'm I'm convinced that somebody else has did this." And they're like, "Scratches, no, no, we've not heard that one before." Sorry. But it but it sounds pretty good, you know. <laughs> play it and record it. I mean, d d d does that does that resonate <laughs> with? Has that ever resonated with you? Oh, definitely not. Not to the point where I've kind of 
necessarily woken up with a tune. Yeah. But um, but certainly I will maybe come up with something and I go, oh, it's, I like that. That's got, yeah. a, that's got a bit of a hook or something. Yeah. And then, of course, your brain goes, well, you, you obviously haven't come up with that. You've, you've heard that from somewhere. You, you've nicked that, haven't you? Yeah. I don't think so. You start to have a more sort of Gollum-esque discussion with yourself. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there will be the point sometimes where I'll play something to somebody else and go, can you just please confirm that this hasn't, right. I'm not stealing this from somewhere. Right, right. Okay. And ultimately it's hard because there's really nothing that's original. We're all just kind of, yeah. we're finding ways to present what's been done before almost mm. to some degree. Yeah. So it would be so easy just to kind of, at this yeah. stage, you know, we're decades after yesterday now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's so easy to accidentally write something somebody else has done. Mm. It's amazing that we don't all do that all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we sort of, I think it's important to try and, and find something in, in your work that makes you think, okay, this is this is worth trying to add this to the the wealth of, of music that exists. Do you know what I mean? It, it's um, mm. If you're just writing something, you think, well, here's, here's a song I've written that, that a thousand people have done a thousand times better than me already. <laughs> Why bother? Do you know what I mean? But if you're thinking, well, okay, here's something that I've said as best as I can say it, yeah, which I don't think anybody has said, or they haven't said it quite like this, yeah. therefore I'm going to pursue it and put it out there and people can ignore it or pick up on it if they wish. Fantastic. Well, we've come to the end of this, Steve, and time time's just flown by. This is fantastic uh, chat. It has. Pal. It always does. You too. Tell us, uh, tell so us about, tell listeners about your 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 tour and the dates, and uh, how can they get in touch if they want to know more about you and your work. Thank you. Um, I mean, the website, as always, is the place to go. I guess stevepledger.co.uk. Mm-hmm. Um, has got all the events listed and you can pre-order the new album from there and, and mm-hmm. any of the other stuff that I've put out already. Yeah. Um, so that's a good place to go and you can find me from there on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and I'm even dipping my toes into the waters of TikTok occasionally. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Very, very, <laughs> very in the shallows. So I'm out there. Um, so yeah, that's the place to go. But the tour mainly takes me away from the northeast, actually. But I'm, I'm going down to London for a couple of days to get to play a Green Note in Camden, which I'm really excited about. And then I'm going back down to the southwest, where I've been before, yeah. where I used to live, in fact. And I'm back up to Birmingham. I've got a gig in Bracknell on the way down to the southwest. Mm. But then I, I'm playing in, in Chopwell on the 11th of November at yeah. the Officers Club up there, the, yeah. the Gaffers, as it's called. Yeah. Uh, that's on my website as well. And, awesome. Um, there'll be more in the new year for sure. Mm. If I was to pick, yeah. if I was to pick a date, I'd be. I'd love to. I'd love to see in Camden. It's one of my favourite places down in London. So I think. That's um, great, isn't it? Fitting well down there, yeah, yeah. brilliant. Um, and you're going to yeah. leave us with oh, the, your last number, which is, sir? Yeah, well, I think, again, I'm going to go back to the last album. I should be playing more from the new one. But this mm-hmm. one feels fitting because it's um, it's called Creation is Laughing. And it is all about that thing of, of knowing when, for your own sake, you just need to step away and remind yourself of, of other things, bigger things, things that are bigger than you. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a whole world out there and there's a lot of good things out there. Mm. There's a lot of joy to be taken in nature and stuff. And I think if we just sometimes can allow ourselves the freedom to, to connect with that, even if it's just for 10 minutes, Fantastic. it does some good. So yeah, this is, this is called Creation is Laughing. Fantastic. The sun came up smiling today. Not a cloud in the sky to get in its way. Open the blinds and let it in. 
Cause I feel the need of its touch on my skin Like a long lost lover come home Let's grab the kids head outside Oh I wanna stand in the sand And welcome the tide like them I need to feel sure That some things remain as they were for Too much change is too fast with my face to the sun, my hope is assured. The sound all around and my faith is restored. As I hear creation laughing at you, who built your empires the way that you do. Creation, it laughs at you, as they will all turn to dust, they always do. Oh, yes, I do. But they all 
Fantastic. So you have enjoyed that. Creation is laughing. Uh, I love the title. Um, and uh, what what can I say? It's always a pleasure to talk to you, man. And uh, I'd actually love to to see you again in person. Actually, perform live and actually record this live. It'd be because um, there's a point where we're probably all going to feel zoomed out towards the end, aren't we? So I'd love to record some stuff live. So and, and just have to chat to you and have. There's still have nothing time. quite like being in the same room. Yeah. Awesome. That'd be that'd be awesome, Ricky. Yeah. I'd love it, man. Thank you. But thank you so much for having me back on. And um, yeah, yeah. I'm wishing everybody all the best out there. Hang in there, and uh, yeah, thank you. So, listeners, get the new album. If you happen to be listening outside the region, particularly uh, uh, down south, that's where st- the majority of Steve's tour is going to be. So, yeah, check him out on those dates. Go to his website. And um, Steve, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, uh, thank you for being once again on Mentally Sound, friend of the show. Thanks for having me, Ricky. Yeah, thank Cheers, you. Man. Thank you so much. So, as I ever say, um, mentally sound, um, life after lockdown, uh, do look after yourselves, but more importantly, look after your mental health. So, um, catch us again for more mentally sound on Spice FM and on our social media platforms and our podcast platforms. Thank you. Cheers. Bye bye. <laughs>